It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. This is Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. You're not alone if you've been the victim of abuse, drug usage, or rape. Living Without Lies is here to help. Listen as Donna Warren assists women across the country break the cycle and help create a new life. So now, please welcome the host of Living Without Lies, Donna Warren. Hi, folks. This is Donna Warren, the host of the Living Without Lies program, coming to you from BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and several other platforms. And, uh, you know, yeah. Tonight, we want to talk about, if you're familiar with our show, you know that that we're we're designated, dedicated to helping people who've been victims of abuse and other things and you know I think everybody knows that the things that the abuse causes in our feelings tends to lead to addiction and a lot of the people who've been abused the worst turn out to be drug addicts alcoholics gamblers etc as a result of it you know a quick word on the addiction the reason we become addicted you know uh, I saw something the other day talking about marijuana being a gateway drug no it's not a gateway drug the feeling of worth of worthlessness of not good enough of bad of evil you know I was raised to believe I was a waste of oxygen these are the reasons people end up becoming addicted because the addiction whatever it is we're using becomes a solution to the problem so we don't feel as bad or if we still feel it we're t- you know, it's not as strong. My problem was I was terrified. I was scared. And alcohol and drugs m- made me less afraid. You know, I was talking to to, to Dee, who will introduce herself in a minute. Uh, as my She comes on as my permanent guest nowadays. And we were talking earlier, she has a dog that's afraid. You know, well, that's how I was. I was scared. I was scared of things, and for me, alcohol and drugs made me less afraid. The monsters didn't seem quite as big, quite as scary. So, then today we're going to talk about how feelings of blame, 
responsibility and shame affect people and how it affects us growing up and and what it causes. Now, Dee, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, this is um, this is Dee Denise Clare, and I'm the owner of Successful Living Strategies. I am a life success and health coach, and I inspire, encourage, and educate people who hate being stuck in life situations or who are striving for the next improvement and love finding out that we actually have a lot more control over our lives than we ever believe. And um, I've been working with people for um, 50 plus years and doing continuous studies uh, from masters like Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, and many others. And uh, you can text me at 252-838-2433. And um, I think one thing that really uh, was big for me uh, as far as uh, realizing that there were a lot of more choices in our lives, uh, usually when we get in the middle of a problem, uh, we, we really are so focused on the problem that we very seldom get to get to think about uh, what kind of choices, um, particularly if you have had the kind of, uh, of upbringing uh, and abuse, uh, it, it's, it, it's more difficult because back then you really don't have choices, or if you do, they're so, so small and um, not really very effective. Um, so... Uh, I think a lot of the things that we're talking about hopefully will help us to see that we don't have to keep in the same patterns of the past, that we can break free from them. We actually do have a lot more choices and more control over our lives than we believed. Yeah, I agree with you. That's true. The problem is, you know, you know the old saying, if, uh, if somebody, t- if a man calls his son stupid his whole life, when that boy's 25 years old, there's two people on this planet that are considered that boy stupid. The boy himself and his father. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, let's talk, talk about, we, we wanted to talk tonight about guilt, shame, and the things that people who've been abused and in abusive relationships, or maybe just even if they weren't necessarily abusive, just screwed their life up and are a big mess, uh, feel guilty. It seems like most human beings, uh, no matter how much we might intellectually deny it, we believe that uh, we do believe that we're God, that we control everything and that everything that happens around us is our responsibility and that we're all powerful and all this other crap that we think. Uh, as we become adults, we realize that's not true. But children believe that everything that happens, hap- it happens, that it's their fault. And all of you out there who know any children who maybe were the chi- a child of divorce or no children are, whose parents are getting divorced, you know that as those children believe the divorce is their fault, that they did something wrong that caused the divorce. And, of course, as adults, we know that's total BS. You know, you know, if they had children when no, when one of them didn't want them, they might have something to do with it, but they're not the cause of it. And it becomes a big issue. And we blame ourselves for things that we have no control over in many cases. As Dee as D was saying, a five-year-old whose, whose mother and father decide to have sex with them doesn't really have a choice in the matter. If they refuse or fight it, they're going to be beaten and punished and abused in other ways, you know. 
And chances are, nine chances out of ten, they're going to be told that the whole thing's their fault anyway. Because that's the way it seems to work. How about that, Dee? You want to tell us about that? Oh, gosh. I mean, first of all, what you were saying about uh, divorces or any, any kind of problem that happens in the family, kids just naturally do believe that it's their fault. But... Um, but then, you know, when when you're being abused, whether it's it's um, verbal, or physical, or sexual, um, they make it pretty clear that you know if you weren't such a bad person, if you you know, and you were you know just acted like so and so or whatever, uh, you know, they wouldn't have to do the things they did. You know, that we and so that just really reinforces something that wasn't true to begin with, and and. Um, and I, it goes, you know, you feel, I know at least I have felt, and I'm sure most of us maybe even on a subconscious level are feeling, you know, this undercurrent of real uneasiness, which really comes from guilt and shame and believing, you know, that we're not good enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, I understand the, the thing about when you're talking about physical abuse, verbal abuse, what have you, that stuff. That I understand blaming on the children. And to some extent, there's some truth to that. You know, you have a parent who has no tolerance for children that wants everything their way and just basically wants not to be hassled at all. And you got a kid that's giving them a hard time. You know, how dare that little human being have its own opinion? Uh, you know. And, uh, you know, I can see that, you know, if I'm telling them it's their fault, the kid's going to believe it's their fault. And to some extent, it is. They're playing some part in it. But how do they, How? please tell me how they convince a, a, an eight-year-old that adults having sex with them is the kid's fault. How do they, how do they make you feel that way? Well, dude? how did they do it? Well, I was punished. Uh, you know, that, that was part of my punishment right. sometimes. Okay, Dee, we, I just got the warning about going to a commercial. Oh, rather than having you go in and start this, let's wait till we come back, okay? And, uh, folks, we're going to a commercial. If you want to talk to us, the number is 866-451-1451. You can text me at 732-995-3969, where you can leave a message on the blog on the radio station website under our program. And we'll be back in a few. There are artists and then there's Alice Asmar. This award-winning artist has spent her entire life devoted to her artistic pursuits and has had a lifelong fascination with American Indians of the southwestern United States. Her book, Dance to the Great Spirit, showcases her drawings and paintings inspired by sacred rituals of the Pueblo Indians. And four of her lithographs are in permanent collection at the National Museum of American History and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. She is one of four artists in the United States to win a Woolley Fellowship for study in Paris at L'École des Beaux-Arts and has been featured in numerous publications. She's exhibited at the world's most prestigious museums and galleries and recently won a 20-year service award from the Burbank City Council and the inaugural art competition of the Foundation of the United States in Paris. Visit www.asmarart.com, www.aliceasmarinternational.com and email alice at aliceasmar at aol.com. 
Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folkstyle Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. Welcome back, folks. Before the break, we were talking about uh, children feeling guilty for everything that happens to them, abusive. And I had asked Dee to explain to us exactly how her parents managed to convince her that the sexual abuse she received was her fault. Dee, you started to answer. Now you got the floor, honey. Okay. Well, uh, it's From what I can remember, it was pretty much uh, one thing led to the other, uh, and and it was always seemed to be something I had done or said or something that started the whole thing, and and uh, and it just was bad, you know, any way you look at it, and and uh, and again, I think so many times I was told that, you know, I, you know, if you weren't so bad, I wouldn't have to do this to you. Uh, and uh, and and then then there were times too that uh, and I'm thinking mostly with my dad that you know it was like uh, you know it was it was love it wasn't you know it was it was just na- you know natural uh, you know showing of affection and um, and like I said too there was other families that were involved with other children and we all uh, were treated pretty much the same and uh, I guess pretty much believed pretty much the same stuff. So you're saying that because you, they said you were a bad girl that that's why they forced you to have sex with somebody? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, I don't know. That could be true. Like I said, there's so much I don't remember, but I think, uh, well, I mean, my mom had a habit of taking a broom handle and, 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 um, and using it on me. And, you know, if, if I wasn't so bad, you know, she wouldn't have had to do something like that to me. Um, and, um, you know, it, it. Like I said, I don't really remember it too much, nor do I really want to remember too much. But, um, but, you know, if they got mad, uh, you know, you, you never knew what it was, how it was going to end, and it could end any old way. You know, so um, it, it just tended to all run together. Okay. Well. I know that your method of coping with it was to push it down out of your mind and try to put it in a box, lock it, cover it with rocks so that it wouldn't come out and and haunt you. I do know that that was your method of coping. It uh, was. Yeah, yeah, I know it was your method. 
And a lot of other people, they don't cope that way. A lot of other people will cope by, uh, you know, that's how young a lot of uh, people get into drugs and alcohol because they're coping methods for the problems that come up. So now, since this happened to you as a child and you were, you know, I, I know I've asked you before, at what point did you realize and I know you grew up, for people who don't know you, you she, you grew up upper middle class, money, isolated, you know, uh, would be what most people would, from the outside would say was extremely sheltered. Although if with what they were doing to you, that's not my idea of sheltering. But anyway, uh, what most people would consider it a sheltered childhood. Um, when did you realize that that was not normal? that most parents didn't have sex with their children, that most parents didn't do those sort of things, didn't pimp um, them off to probably, friends and what have you? I think it was when I was about 16. And, um, and and then again, you talk about these feelings of shame and guilt and, and unworthiness and just utter, I don't know, there's, there's just no words for, you know, and I, I know I tried to commit suicide. Uh, and I know it wasn't the only time that I did, but that, you know, but that had something to do with it at that time. Okay, so when you began to realize that... And part that, of it was, and the rest of it was just trying to, I mean, there was no good answer. I didn't know how to get away from it, and and I mean, if there, I'm, I know that there had been times that I had tried to escape, and, and they always found me, and of course it was always worse, and... So after a while, you get smart enough to realize it's not a good idea, you know, to do a lot of stuff, you know, so. Now, that's true. Yeah. You find out by trial and error what's dangerous and what isn't. Yeah. And what will cause more pain. So, yeah. So you lived in a sheltered world where you didn't even realize that that wasn't normal. And that's... You know, I, think, I think it was when I was about 16 that I was. Now, see, I, you know, like, you know, one of the reasons that for the listening people that are listening, one reason Dee and I are very good with each other is because with her background being what it is, I grew up poor in poverty, you know, with nothing in in the criminal element, relatives that were criminals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I look at the world totally differently than she does. And now for me, I was aware that, you know, People shouldn't, adults shouldn't be having sex with children. I was aware of that by the age of 10 because of the environment I grew up in. You know, they didn't talk to us about it very much, but adults certainly talked to each other and we observed things that were happening in the neighborhood and what have you. That, you know, after meeting Dean, learning, getting to know her, that she never even knew existed. Right, Dean? Yeah. She yeah. never knew. I, I, I had a very, very sheltered, and I was very. Uh, naive, you know, even even as a young adult. I mean, and maybe even now, I mean, sometimes, you know, I hear things that, you know, I never knew. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I do that to you every now and again, right? Yeah, you and do. I have, and I have to be honest, <laughs> yeah, sometimes that. when you tell me things, I mean, the naivety, I'm amazed by it. It shocks me. I can't imagine how anyone could be that naive. But, friend, learning more about your background, I understand why now. You know, but I didn't understand yeah, I, it in I, the beginning. Yeah, there was just a part of me that was totally oblivious to all of it. Well, that's one way of dealing with it. You yeah, know. it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. 
they're the ways people the ways people deal with that type of thing. Uh, they do like they did. They block it out completely. They do like I did, use alcohol and drugs or some other type of addiction. Or in many cases, they develop a, uh, what is it called associative disorder, where they develop develop multiple personalities in order to deal with it. In order to deal with that, when that can be very serious. Unlike schizophrenia, the multiple personality disorder is treatable, but it's very difficult and long and can take forever to treat. So, you know, these are the ways that we cope with things, that human beings cope with stuff uh, in one way or another. It makes it better. Okay. uh, We need to go to a commercial, so uh, let's, you know, call 866-451-1451. Uh, text me at 732-995-3969 leave a message on the blog on the radio station website and we'll be back in a few if you seek a courageous advocate prepared to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you Carol Ann is an elder care coach author and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed-out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about uh, how adults make children feel like they're responsible for things. Now, I, I want to go forward into the forward area. We were talking about sexual abuse there. And it doesn't matter if it's sexual, verbal, physical. The adults will tell the children that it's their fault. That that it, you know, that they have to do. And by the way, I had an abusive first husband. He did the same thing. Everything I did was, you know, had, every time he beat me up, it was because I wasn't being a good wife. And that if I do it and listen to him and do what he told me, he wouldn't have to hurt me. I think you heard the same thing, didn't you, Dee? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. And uh, and it seems like, you know, it just kind of uh, continues. And often, I mean, a lot of studies, not only of 
people that I know, but also uh, other studies where people who, you know, grow up in abusive uh, families or even sometimes just, you know, if they're alcoholics, I mean, it doesn't mean that they have to be, you know, really abusive, but just in a family where, you know, there is a problem with alcohol that uh, the kids have a tendency to seek out mates that are similar, you know, to their parents, uh, trying to, uh, to, trying to, um, trying to solve what they couldn't solve as a child through other people. And, and usually the people that they choose aren't any more capable of showing them the love and, and the, uh, and the nurturing that they need. And so you just kind of what well, most people will go through life, you know, just being in different situations with similar people. And that's just kind of how it how it goes unless you go and get help. Well, yeah, and I, I I've come to the conclusion like uh, when it comes to spouses and whatnot, uh, abusers tend to seem to know who the ones they can abuse are. They have a almost a sixth sense about it. You know, and uh, the people that, and it's, it's a personality thing. They, they're they aware of it, apparently. And, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, like I, I've mentioned several times in the last month on the show, the uh, the the song by Lauren Dingle that uh, called You Say that starts out with, I keep hearing voices in my head that say I'm not enough. And, you know, that's what we've been talking about, these experiences as a child, convince us when we don't really have the, you know, we're not really old enough yet to contradict the adults. We tend to believe everything we're told. Um, you know, I don't think that's the reason, you know, many religions don't uh, baptize or confirm or whatever children in the religion until they're seven or eight, because that's about when they become critical, have the ability to critically think about what they're hearing. But if you embalm that, you know, we're seeing it today and schools are trying to brainwash the kids today to believe the progressive left stuff. And, you know, you with children, that's easy to do because they tend to believe everything the adults tell them until they until they reach a point where they see the hypocrisy that's going on in the, with the people. And they then they begin to question. Now, I know I was about eight or nine when I started questioning. D, you said you were older than that. Before you yeah. saw, realize the hypocrisy, you saw the hypocrisy. And I'm, well, I'm willing to bet one of the things you've told me in the past is when you started dating, your parents, oh, they had a fit about the fact that scared to death you might have sex with somebody. And I, I take it that was one of the first. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's one of the things that showed you hypocrisy. That I'm sure that was one of the things that pointed out their, some of their hypocrisy. When you well, saw and see, that. the thing thing that was, I, I I wasn't knowing, wasn't remembering all the stuff that they had done to me, and then you know as this has come back to me, I'm sitting there. I mean, they they were hypocritic in lots and lots of ways, uh, but I mean, and then now as these things are starting to um, to be revealed, I'm sitting there and thinking, well, gosh, I mean, I it, it was just. I mean, how, how could, you know, it, it seems so out of character because, you know, they were one way one time and then totally the opposite 
and real straight laced and all this other stuff and and so concerned about you know whether I was going to have sex with a boyfriend or not and and I mean it's just hard for me to even think about it now it just it's it's just very strange Oh, you couldn't understand why it was okay for them to have sex with you, but or or let their friends have sex with you, but why you? God forbid you pick your own partner. Yeah, that would really be bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how horrible of you to pick your own partner. <laughs> anyway, uh, and yeah. that's really think too. I bet they had decided that I was going to marry one of the one of the one of the sons of one of the couples. And we had been dating actually for quite some time, and we were planning on getting married, I believe, but, but something happened, and we never did. Okay. And I know that upset. That, and I know that upset them too, because they had had plans for us. So I don't know what the plans were, but they they had plans. Oh. Okay. Oh, one way to keep it all in the family, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm being I'm being a real wise ass, but that works pretty well. <laughs> if I get real folks that are listening, if I get too serious with Dee and don't give her smart ass remarks like that, she gets all weepy and cryy on me, and you know, and I don't want her that way on the radio. So I be smart ass where she well, laughs as well. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> you know, and my being a my smart ass gets her to laugh. Pretty. What? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. My meltdowns aren't pretty. Oh, okay. Okay. But see, these feelings that we grow up feeling that we're not sufficient, we're not good enough, this is what's causing so many of the problems in the world today, and certainly in our country. We have an opioid epidemic. Well, people take drugs to solve problems. I don't care what anybody out there doesn't know something about drugs is. If you're using drugs or alcohol... You are taking it initially to solve a problem. Now, with drugs and alcohol, gambling, other things, they themselves can become a problem eventually. But not initially. Initially, they're a solution to a problem. Like I said, in my case, it was fear. Uh, somebody else, that feeling of not being good enough, of being bad, of being evil, of being worthless. You, you, you know, you take, you take a few drinks or take a few hits and you don't feel that way as much anymore. We need to go to a commercial. So if you want to call us, it's 866-451-1451. Uh, text me at 732-995-3969. Or leave us a message on the website blog under our program name. I'm back in a few. Master of words. Powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, 
opens your mind and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. French Rastafarian baker Chef Hugues Mott is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Welcome back, folks. Before the break, we were talking about the, the problems in our society today with the opioid crisis and what have you. And part of that, the problem that we're having there is people feel like they're not good enough. And that's coming from what they're being taught as children. And it's not always the family that's doing it. I mean, you have uh, you watch TV programs where people that are handsome or beautiful uh, are treated like they're gods and goddesses, which, you know, basically you're saying to the young folks, young men and women out there, if you're not like these folks, you're worthless. You know, you, you're not good for anything if you're not famous if you're not a famous athlete or a singer or an actor or somebody like that 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 you're basically a piece of shit and not worth having around and totally worthless so why don't you go crawl hole somewhere or die what do you think about that d i think that's really true and uh i think really for me it was uh uh, it it wasn't important because i felt it was important but it was important because my my parents made it important because uh as i recently found out that i they they had um they they had wanted me to be in in pageants uh in beauty pageants uh, that started in in very early childhood so i guess even back then they had these these um these child uh, beauty pageants and um so it was important you know to 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 be cute or adorable or or beautiful uh and to you know know all the right things to say and all the right ways to act and all that kind of stuff so there was a tremendous amount of pressure uh for me to do that kind of stuff and what if you didn't meet it live up to that how did they feel if you did very poorly in that beauty pageant? What did they do to you I, as a result of it? <laughs> it wasn't good. I didn't figure that, but I yeah, was looking for some more details. Good. It wasn't good. You see, so there's a lot of folks out there that are in our listening audience. Some have experienced some of these things. Others didn't have a clue that anything like this existed. You weren't the only person who was naive. The, the, the type of what you're naive about varies from individual to individual. Um, now, when I was real young, I wasn't aware of uh, all the sexual abuse going on with young children. I became aware of that when I was a little bit older. 
I was still prepubescent at the time, but I did become aware of it at that point. But a lot of people don't know any of these, and there are people out there that don't know anybody that ever really beat their kids. Yelled at them, spanked them maybe, but not beat and abused. There's a difference. You know, my grandmother... My grandmother used to discipline us when we were little. And what she would do, we'd have to go pick our own switch, of course, get our butts beat. But what she would do is that that only happened when, you know, they told us what the rules were. They told us if we broke the rules, there'd be consequences. And the only time we ever got spanked is when we broke one of the rules. We, they didn't do it arbitrarily. It was a direct, you know, it was directly in response to what we, to our actions. And uh, now, my mother wasn't like that. My mother, when she was in a bad mood, beat the hell out of me. I never knew when it, whether it was safe or not to be around her. And, uh, you know, you see so much of this, but there are people who grow up never have, never having been abused. I know, I know some people that's parents never called them any kind of names, you know, and never physically abused them. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Dee, but I was jealous as hell of those people. Still am. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, there's a part of you that really does sit there and think, gosh, you you see other families and, and it, you know, it's, they're having a good time and, and, and it's, you know, and, and you, and you feel, but then too, um, uh, uh, and, and so I, I do think about that once in a while, but I also know that that I have I can't really uh, say that it bothers me like like it used to, uh, and and like I said for a long time I, I didn't even know, and so there's been about maybe 22, 25 years, you know, that I've been really aware, and uh, and so. Uh, I was spared a lot of it simply because I had had it just pushed down deep inside, and um, and I just really wasn't aware. But um, but looking back, uh, I do wish you know it would have been wonderful if we had had you know a, a more normal family. But um, at the same time, I had chose to take. Uh, you know, my mess and make it my message and become the masterpiece. So it, I realized that, you know, who I am and what I'm becoming has nothing to do with what happened to me as a child. In fact, I've made it a reason, you know, to to be on the path that I'm on and to learn as much as I can about, you know, why people do the things they do and uh, and to be there so that I can help other people, you know, be that person you know, that I wish I had, had, you know, as, as I was growing up. And so, uh, you know, that, that really has been a very big um, burn for me to, you know, and, and has kept me going lots of times when I felt like giving up because I realized there are people out there who, who, who can use somebody like me to help them and guide them through um, some of their dark places or even if they just are stuck in a situation and want to get to another level. Uh, I've had a lot of experience and I've learned an awful lot of stuff that has been very valuable to me and actually to a lot of other people too. So, yeah, you know, you just have to take, you have to take the mess and make it, you know, lemon, take the lemons, make it lemonade, that kind of a thing. Yeah. 
I do know. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm going to take a break here. One of the things in the Living Without Lies program, the very first thing we do in that program is examine what our true beliefs are. Because everything we've been talking about today is a belief that was instilled in us as we were growing up. And other things that we, you know, beliefs as, that we learn as adults are much more flexible because as adults we'll think about them and not just accept them in most cases. But uh, that's why we look at what our true beliefs are because that's what causes us our problems in our lives. Not, not, you know, not all beliefs are bad by any stretch of the imagination, but the ones that aren't true cause problems. And that's why we spend a lot of time figuring out what we actually believe and examining that belief to see is it valid and does it make any sense in our adult life. And uh, so... Uh, now we need to go to commercial, so let me, uh, let's say, if you want to talk to us, 866-451-1451, uh, text me at 732 um, you know, or uh, you can leave us a message on the blog on the station, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll be back in a few. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, JobsAnnex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at jobsannex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. Jobsannex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. Welcome back, folks. Before the break, we were talking about, I was talking about the program and the fact that one of the ways that to start fixing your life and solving the problems and getting on to where you want to go, the very first thing you have to do is look at what you believe. Because your beliefs, not what people tell you to believe, not what people say you should believe, not all the shoulds, oughtas, couldas, and wouldas type thing, but what you actually believe. Not many people will admit that they believe they're not worthy. Not many people admit that they think they're insufficient, they're not sufficient. Not many people will admit that they don't think they're good enough for anything. But that's what they actually believe. That's what drives them. 
people that think they, they're stupid and can't do anything and incapable of doing things, how does that affect the average person that feels that way? They're afraid to try anything for fear of failure. They're convinced that they can't do it and that they're going to fail, and that'll just make them feel worse about themselves. And uh, if they do fail, and then of course other people will know they're a failure and no good, and all that sort of thing, and that stops them from trying to even do stuff. And in most cases, they don't have a clue that the reason they they're like that is because they believe that they're not good enough, that they're not capable, that they can't do this stuff, and that affects their entire life and everything they do in life. Do you agree with that, Dee? I very, I very, very definitely do, and um, and I think most a lot of parents. I mean, just telling your kids that they're bad, and you do it enough, they 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 believe it, and and then they they become that, and uh, and it affects everything they do, how far they can go in life, what they can do, what they can't do, uh, their degree of happiness. And um, so a lot of it's really innocent, and some of it is just uh, when you're little, you you jump to a lot of conclusions about a lot of things and um, trying to make sense of the world, and you're just not old enough. Your brain hasn't developed enough. In fact, you have to be around 25 years old before you really have uh, the uh, an, an adult brain, and so... Uh, Lots of times, uh, kids will just jump to lots of conclusions, and it really isn't until uh, when they're older, when they can see uh, sometimes, you know, what their par- parents might have gone through, and 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 it really didn't have anything to do with them. So, and so, lots of times we are the brunt of things that happen between parents or uh, work and parents. Uh, friends and parents, and we, they take it out on us. There's there's so many different things, and and uh, life is really complex. And so the more we can learn about these things, uh, then we can we can let go of the things that that are not true, and we can reprogram our minds so that we're much more successful in our everyday lives. That's true. You know, and how do we do that? You know, now D is one who likes to read and research and do all that good stuff. I personally observe. I'm extremely observant. I do read and I do do some of that. But basically, I've been watching people for 40 or 50 years now. I've been seeing what happens. I've been following through to see the cause and effect and what goes on out there. And it's brought me to realize a lot of the things that are there. But the main thing that you have to understand is whatever you believe, that's being the thing about being a self-fulfilling prophecy if you believe you can't do something i guarantee you you won't be able to or if 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 you know heaven forbid you actually are good at a thing that you don't believe you can do you'll sabotage yourself and make damn sure you don't succeed at it because you're living up to what you believe and the only way we can be happy in life is to actually live up to whatever our true beliefs are the person who believes they're worthless might be perfectly content Live, being homeless, living on the street because that's what they believe they deserve. And this is why you need to look at what's causing these things. Uh, my experience has been that a good chunk of what I was taught growing up 
and that was by family, school, church, civic groups, television, radio, popular music, movies, books, all of those things. A whole hell of a lot of that stuff wasn't true, at least not true about me. It wasn't true about me. And it wasn't something that I actually believed. And when as an adult, I began looking at those beliefs, going through them with a fine-tooth comb, looking at where did it come from? Does it make any sense? If it ever was true, is it still true? You know, like we teach children not to take candy from strangers. Well, is that does that make any sense at age 25? Of course not. Being cautious with strangers makes sense. But, you know, we teach them to have nothing to do with them. Well, we wouldn't meet any new people if we didn't talk to strangers as adults, would we? So that doesn't make sense. Have caution, have things, sure. But we need to look at these things. You can't take them as concrete because they're not necessarily true. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Dee, that nobody ever talks about. Hopefully you will. Uh, That is... As adults, when we've straightened our lives out and we fixed our lives, all of us, how much are we willing to share with other people? Because we know they're going to judge us. They know they're going to think about us a lot of the things we were led to believe about ourselves, even though we now know that they were not not true there. Or if they were true at one point in our life, they're no longer true. How do you deal with that? You were talking about shame. That comes under the term of shame. Sure. Uh, I think, well, personally for me, uh, I talk about these things only for one reason, because uh, I know how miserable I was. I would have given anything if I had had somebody, you know, who could understand what I was going through and could be there for me and to guide me and to help me turn my life around. And I didn't have that. And, And so... Uh, if I can be that for someone, then you know, it, you know, then it's worth it's worth you know talking about it, and so that's that's what motivates me. I made a, a vow a long time ago that not only was I going to find out the causes of of, of that the behavior of my parents, but also do everything I could to help as many people as I could, so they wouldn't have to suffer too. Okay, so. You're a person who basically has never done anything that society would consider bad, you know, and uh, even you feel tremendous shame and everything for all the things that happened. And uh, as you've told me in the past, and I know even with what went on with your parents, you feel some guilt toward that because they convinced you that you're being a bad girl and not doing exactly as you were told was what caused the problem. And that's, 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 huh? I said you know, exactly. Right. And that's, that's a big problem. And um, we need to go to a commercial. Uh, so uh, let's do that. Uh, call us at 866-451-1451. Not that I think many of you will. Most of you don't want to talk about this stuff and risk somebody recognizing your voice. But uh, you can uh, call me, text me at 732-995-3969. Leave us a message on the blog on the radio website, and we'll be back in a few. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses. 
keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Before the commercial, I was just summing up about our beliefs and the fact that you got to, you have, in order to fix your life, to get where you want to go, to achieve and be successful, and to fulfill whatever promise, expectations, and abilities you have, you have to live by your true beliefs. And then the next thing you do, once you figure out what those true beliefs are, you have to see where the, you know, where you've been living by them, where you haven't been. When bad things happen, you need to look at your part and the bad things what part you played in them did you were you responsible for them most cases not in many cases you didn't do anything wrong sometimes you're literally at in the wrong place at the wrong time uh did i don't know if you saw in the news today but a, a small plane hit a house somewhere in upstate new york and uh, killed two people i think it killed one person and one person's missing and the other person was injured what on the thing I saw? Now there's the perfect example of not having done anything wrong. People were in their home. Something happened to the plane's engine. It had trouble and it crashed into their house, killing them. They didn't do anything wrong, unless you count the fact that they lived there and they were happened to be home at the time. That was the part they played in it. It wasn't wrong. It was just their their part. Everything that happens to us, we we play a part in it. Many and a lot of times it's simply we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, like uh, my friend Dee over here, she just happened to be born to the wrong parents. You know, we know that was all her fault, and she chose that, right? You know, we all know that. <laughs> of course not. But the thing is, you know, she, that was her part in it. So the thing about it is, is that we can get better, we can do things, we can make it better, we're in, I'm in the process of putting the program, the Living Without Lives program, which people have been using successfully for several years now, to help them, I'm getting to put it online so it'll be available as an online course for people, Um, I know I've been saying that for a couple of months now, but the matter, it costs money for me to do that, and I'm uh, right now, I haven't got the money, so that's why it hasn't gotten up there yet. But it will be. I will get it done. And hopefully that will help people, and we will be offering some one-on-one coaching for folks. And uh, anyway, what do you you have anything you'd like to say before we go, Dee? Well, I guess just that I'm really hoping that the things that we tell people give them hope to know that that their lives don't have to be the way they are, and even even if they aren't really horrible at the moment, um, but they would like to have changes, 
There are people like uh, Donna and I who can actually help guide you and show you techniques and things that will help you so that you can have a better life. Okay. So I agree with Dee. You know, we you can you can if you want to make a better life for yourself, you can. Now, whether or not you want now see that wanting to is a tricky part. When I first started out, I didn't I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to want to. My lawyer had told me that he believed that I if I wanted to be a good, decent person, I could be. I chose to believe him. I had no idea how to go about it. You know, I didn't even want to want to do anything, but I wanted to want to do it because I wanted to I, I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to want to. I didn't have true true desire yet, but I was on the way. That was sufficient to get started. Over time, I eventually got to the point that I think that in the front, it wasn't so much that I didn't want to do it, but I didn't believe I could. So, therefore, I didn't have any true desire to do it because I didn't think it was possible. But eventually, I began to believe it was and truly wanted to do better. And once that happened, over time, things kept getting better. My life began to improve. And it took several years. It was not an overnight thing by any stretch. But it can be done. I know. I am living proof. It can be done. And if I can do it, so can you. Now, folks, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show, got something useful out of it. You know, I uh, hope you have a nice rest of the evening, rest of the week. Ho- hope you have a beautiful weekend, and uh, we'll see you again next Monday. Come back and visit with us, and um, good night. God bless y'all. You've been listening to Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. Contact Donna at D-L-U-H-R-S at Comcast.net or call 732-995-3969 for information about the Living Without Lies Foundation. You are not alone on the path to building a new life. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.